Welcome to that Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that good good experience podcast. You hear the music. Merry Christmas to all. Welcome to another exciting edition of We Got That Good Good Experience podcast, our Christmas episode. We are so happy to have you along. I'm Marcus Moses, and I can't do this without my cousin co-host, Kimmy. Merry Christmas, Marcus. Merry Christmas, Byron. Merry Christmas, everybody. And I can't do this without my cousin co-host, Byron B-Note Brown. What's up, Marcus? What's up, Kimmy? Merry Chroma. Yeah, guys, we want to thank each and every last one of you for rocking with us the long way. You know how we get down around this time of the year. We like to have our Christmas episode. We'll be counting down our favorite Christmas songs for Christmas. And guys, real quick, man, I mean, let's just go around the panel. Hey, Byron, start with you. What does Christmas mean to you? Christmas means to me... Peace and happiness. When I think of Christmas, I think of getting together with people I love and just being in the moment and joyful. Absolutely. Kimberly? Christmas to me is my familia. Spending time with my baby and my mommy and our aunts and uncles and just being with our family at this time. Absolutely. For me, it's just like you can just family. Another gives me more joy to see my my little baby on Christmas Day open up a present and the smiles that she that comes with that and the happiness that comes with that. But for me, it's more like a time for reflection, focusing on the goodness that you know God has been to all of us, and being able to celebrate the birth of Jesus during this time is what it all means for me. And so, with that being said, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna start it off with our good good segment that we always started off with. And for this episode, we have a very special guest joining us. She is an author. She is an owner. She's an entrepreneur. And she just so happens to have a new book out called My Hair Is Not Nappy, It's Natural. I got a chance to talk with her. Her name is Eden Edge out of Cordell, Georgia. I got a chance to talk to her about the book and a couple other things. So here's my interview with Eden Edge, author of My Hair Is Not Nappy, It's Natural. Welcome to our Good Good segment, everybody. We have a very special guest with us this week. She's an up-and-coming author and also entrepreneur, along with several other titles that she holds. She's written a book called My Hair Is Not Nappy, It's Natural. Help us welcome to the Good Good, Miss Eden Edge. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Hello, everybody. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. So, Eden, I guess first and foremost, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name is Eden, Eden Gabrielle Edge, and I... A fun fact about my name, growing up, I hated it. Uh, it did not end in an A. 
And so I thought that made me less of a girl. Um, however, the older I got, I realized it was not common. And then I began to like it. So um, that's just a fun fact. I am a wife and a mother of three. I actually have an adult son and two teenagers. I have a girl and a boy teenager, and it is extremely fun. I am a licensed cosmetologist. I own a salon. Uh, it's a textured hair salon, so I focus on healthy hair. Um, I, I, my goal is to not um, deal with chemicals, you know. I um, grew up in America's Georgia, and that's where I was born and raised. Since then, I've lived in Savannah, lived in Atlanta, and now currently I reside in Cordell, Georgia. I enjoy dancing, singing. Uh, I love the Lord. I am a definitely a believer, and I like uh, helping people and impacting people. I like um, to encourage people to think. <laughs> that, that's great. That's great. Well, which brings me to my next question. You said you like helping people and whatnot. Was being an author part of that process of yours? No, absolutely not. <laughs> it wasn't? No, it was not. Okay. I, I was it, actually in March of uh, 20, 2022. I was sitting in the living room and I was watching some movie. I don't even remember the movie. And um, now I've been working in textured hair salon since 2019 and I opened my own in 2021. Uh -huh. So I get to hear all the time and very often the challenges that usually women of color deal with their hair. And uh, one particular challenge is how their hair is viewed um, and not necessarily in society, but in, in their own homes uh -huh. and in their own um, social circles. And there, I always would say, um, you know, your hair is not nappy, it's natural. That's what I would always say to them just to give encouragement. So one night in March, I was at home and I was watching a movie and God told me to stop watching the movie and he told me to write the book. Uh. He said that there were children that needed the message because I was currently dealing with adults that were facing these challenges. Right. So it's like, you know what, you write a children's book. You can address these children before they become adults and have to deal with this as an adult. So that's how that happened. So I literally took about the next four hours. And I think I ended at about around four, three o'clock in the morning. And I wrote the book. Okay. So is that what inspired you to write the book? Just the voice of God or? It, the voice of God, I guess, for lack of better terms, made me write the book. There okay. was. I, I didn't know, I, I knew that I did not, I knew that I felt highly uncomfortable when I would hear people refer to their own hair as nappy uh -huh. or other, or other people's hair. I knew it was a very uncomfortable thing to the fact that I created that response. You know, no, your hair is not nappy. That's what it's supposed to look like. And so it became um, rhetoric at some point that I found myself saying it often. So when it was, in my spirit to write the book it was like this is this will this is a way that you can address this you know on the front right. end so yeah i could I, I would say that 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 was where the inspiration came from okay now the book is actually a children's book 
However, you know, there are a lot of adult women that go through these phases in life where they feel like their hair isn't what it ought to be. You know, some women deal with hair falling out, things of that nature. What would you tell somebody that might be listening, young black woman that might be listening right now when it comes to their, you know, they say the hair is a crown, you know, what mm-hmm. would you say to them? What would you say to them, you know, about their crown right now? The first thing I would say is to protect it. Okay. And that could look like a, a lot of different things. Protecting it could be in a physical sense where you're making sure that, and and just to give like a little, I guess, um, I, the thing, the only thing that I don't provide in my salon is a relaxer. Most uh-huh. people would call it a perm, but it's actually a relaxer. The reason <laughs> being, is <laughs> yes. I, I just learned something. <laughs> and my uh, wife is a hair and my wife is a hairdresser too and she ain't told me nothing. <laughs> she knows, she knows. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but sometimes you kind of let people just go with it because you know serving the people, they don't they don't necessarily know what you know, you know, right. so they know what they know. So and it's okay. Right. Um but it's so many like chemicals. Um, you're dealing with that. And a lot of those chemicals are related to hair loss. Some have been found to relate to cancer and a lot of different, um, bodily illnesses. And so that's why I did not want to provide those services because of protecting the crown. So that's one way is, you know, I say protect the crown. The other thing is it's the book itself is about self-awareness. And a lot of times we, as women, we create an image of ourselves by what we think people want to see instead of creating the version of ourselves that we want to see. And it's something where, you know, you have to be intentional and tell yourself the things that you want to hear versus relying on other people to feed those things to you. You know, if it's getting up every day and looking in the mirror and, you know, affirming yourself, you know, you, you're beautiful. You're beautiful with your hair in a ponytail. You're beautiful with it straight. You're beautiful with it curly. You're beautiful with it short. You're beautiful with it bald. <laughs> um, there, cause there's a lot of different variations of hair. Um, it's just, that's, that's what I would tell them to just make sure that they're addressing the person within so that the person on the outside can show up. Absolutely. Now you talked about self-awareness was the main theme of the book. What else what did you want readers to gain from your book? People are different. They look different. Um, and also they see different things. In the book, there are a lot of different references. The main character, Amira, she's talking about her first day of school and her apprehension because of what her classmates will think. And throughout the book, there are different interactions with her classmates where they give their opinions about her hair. And none of the opinions are um, directly, I guess, negative. It's just a perception based on perception. You know, no one refers to her hair as ugly. It's just, you know, instead of it, it to one person, her hair might look like clouds, you know, different things like that. And it just goes on perspective. So it's, at, it's like simultaneously, while we're having to tell ourselves about what we think about our hair, we also have to give others the space to have their opinions about our hair. Right. It doesn't make one side, you know, right or wrong. It just does bring awareness. All right, absolutely. Now, the name of the book is My Hair Is Not Nappy, It's Natural by mm-hmm. author Eden Edge. And Eden wants to give you an opportunity right now 
to just put it all out there. But I, we need we need your uh, how can people okay. follow you? How can people, <laughs> how can people get the book? Throw it out. Mm-hmm. All right. So the book can be found on Amazon right now. It can also be found on my website, which is theedgecontrol.com. Theedgecontrol.com or Amazon is where you can purchase the book. I'll also be doing a in-person book signing on December 28th at 6 p.m. in Corville, Georgia. And the location is at my salon, the Edge Control Textured Hair Salon, which is 1028 East 24th Avenue. Um, social media, I am the Edge Control or Eden Edge. Instagram, Facebook, that's how you'll find me. All right, great, great, great. Hey, got to shout out to your husband, uh, Roy. I ain't forgot about you, man. <laughs> I ain't forgot about you. I promise, I promise I have it. Hey, thank you so much, Eden. Thank uh, you. I appreciate For being on our show, and we much, wish you much continued success. Take care. You too. All right, then. Thank All you. All right. You're welcome. All right, bye-bye. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank Eden for taking time with us to share her book. And mm-hmm. um, we want to ask everybody to go out there and purchase the book. It's a great stocking stuffer for the holiday season. Guys, are you in the holiday spirit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting there. If I'm yeah. not. Byron, I know you had a long night last night. You're gonna be, you ain't going to be like Scrooge, are you? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's behind he the curtain. He already stuff. supposed to get you. He already <laughs> supposed to get you anyway. <laughs> of course not. No, we're in the moment. We're gonna just be in the moment and enjoy. All right. You know what? Once the music starts playing, it gets you in a much better mood anyway. It does. It does. Yes. And yeah. we have some great selections. Oh, absolutely. Part yeah. two of our Christmas favorites. Part two. Exactly. This is our second annual Christmas episode. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, guys, so sit back, relax, become with some hot cocoa, some eggnog, whatever it is that you like to drink. And uh, just vibe with us right now as we get started with our favorite Christmas songs for Christmas. Where are we starting first, Kim? Well, let's start with Brian McKnight's version of Christmas Time is Here from our favorite Peanuts Christmas Time movie. And want to hear it? Here it goes. Christmas time is here Happiness and cheer for all that children call Their favorite time of year Christmas time I said Christmas time Christmassy. So that was Bright McKnight, and this song was track seven on his Christmas album Bethlehem that was released in 1998. Now, there's nothing like the classic, of course, because the classic always makes me feel Christmassy, but this one just makes you want to sit next to the fire with some hot cocoa with a little rum added to it and just chill. Charlie Brown's version makes me want to go sit by the fireplace and chill, okay? I don't know why Brian McKnight had to come along. <laughs> and, and jazz it up. 
I know, right? I mean, it was perfectly like fine it. the way it was, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say the classic is always, always going to be our, our, our sentimental version. But I like this version, too. Okay, congratulations, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that whole album, though, the Bethlehem album, is so nice. It's a very nice holiday escape. But I was going to say about this one, did you all know that there was a compilation in 40 years of Charlie Brown Christmas where they compiled all of the different artists that have covered one of the Charlie Brown songs? Yes, and this was part of that album, yes. Really? Mm -hmm. It came out in 2005, I believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll be streaming it today. Sean Khan's on there, Tony Braxton, Vanessa Williams, Mm -hmm. Gerald Albright. Okay, okay. So what's next, Kim? Next up is Carla Thomas. Gee whiz, it's Christmas. <laughs> My best friend's having a party and everybody's going. I know it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, it's That's from the Queen of Memphis Soul herself, Carla Thomas. This this song was back in 1963 from the album Tramp. Just a real feel-good, melodic song by Miss Carla Thomas. This is one of those songs that you have to have in your Christmas playlist. This is one of my my wife and my daughter's favorite songs. Every time I play, they get up and they just start dancing, doing their little thing and whatnot. So... I just had to have this one, and I'm glad you played it first, Kim. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you very kindly. But that's another song that you just have to have playing, especially Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, just to get you in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, I like the part about the party. It's very festive. Yeah. Everybody's going. Everybody's got to be there. You can't have a Christmas gathering without hearing this. A song by Darling Love, of course, Mariah Carey. So. And guess what, Byron? Yes. It's snowing. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's definitely a holiday banger for sure. And along with this one, what's next, Kim? Another oldie but goodie, The Carpenters, Merry Christmas, Darling. Lords on the fire, fill me with desire to see you and to say that I wish you Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to I could listen to Karen Carpenter all day. I could. I just love her voice. So she Mary- does. Have, she did have a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Merry Christmas, Darling is a song written, a uh, song by the Carpenters, originally recorded in 1970. It was first available on a, like a little seven inch single. You all remember those little small singles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And now, of course, a 45s. The single went to number one on Billboard's Christmas singles chart in 1970 and did it again in 1971 and 1973. So this, this is one of my old time favorites. It's part of that list. <laughs> Johnny Hathaway, yeah, Merry Christmas, darling. The Carpenters always got to hear that this time of year. Yeah, most definitely. I got to be honest, man. Um, I don't know how this song slipped through the cracks of my playlist, <laughs> but it was actually my first time hearing it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yours y'all... too, Kim? I believe so. Get out of here. Hey, but... man. I, yeah. I do know the, I do know the Carpenters though because I know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh wow I know, okay. I know the Carpenters but I don't I don't remember this song yeah we've even performed it I, I'm in this music review and we did a Christmas show we've done several installments of it and this is a, like a, one of the main songs in the show I thought yeah. everybody knew this song uh, you on your own on this one Barbara <laughs> oh, well, hey my yeah, secret I'm- my great Secret. But that's why we that's why we do this. We're gonna bring out music that maybe not everyone heard before. So mm. good choice. The good good music. Good 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 music. good music exactly. And it was good good. Yes, it was. absolutely. What else is good good, Kim? So let's start a little Jackson Five medley because they had a <laughs> whole Christmas album at yes. one time. So let's mm-hmm. start with I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. from their Christmas album released on Motown Records October 15th, 1970. Mm-hmm. But do you know that a lot of states were banning this song? Why? Infidelity or what? Is it because of that? Even though you, everyone figured out he, that was Ashley Daddy, but still some certain states that will remain nameless just didn't like the fact that they were kissing, I guess, whatever. <laughs> Or the notion that a certain version of Santa Claus was kissing a black woman. Oh, the word. Uh oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. The notion. Because because if another group had sang the same song with a different shade of skin color, it might not Mm. have been an issue. And we all know that Santa Claus is multiple nationalities. He changes up <laughs> with all the households. Right. That's what it is. That's what Bill Cosby told in an episode of the Cosby Show at that time, too. You know, mm-hmm. 
did do that. But I love the song. I like Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's actually my favorite from that album. I just well, you know what? You want to hear it? Here it goes. And that's why I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You know, I, I just love Michael's energy on this song. Me it, too. It, it, it kind of lets me know one or two things is going on. Either he actually believed that Santa Claus was on his way to town, <laughs> or or that he ate a whole bag of Hershey's miniatures. <laughs> a whole <laughs> which, lot of kids. Which were look? You talking about the little kisses? Mm-hmm. No, not the kisses. Like the, not the, the, the little the, miniatures that he used to get. Did they Christmas? have miniatures then? Did they they have may have. Miniatures? I don't know. They may have. Uh, they may the have. Crackles, the, the special dark and the red. Mm-hmm, I love those. And after a while, all that was left in bat was the special dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah I actually like those now. I, I believe it or not. Yeah, I heard they were good, better for you. So I actually, I actually eat those. Yeah. yeah. Well, Michael always had that natural gift to make people believe. Even when he was a little kid singing these love songs, adults adopted that. They identified with it. And the most interesting thing about this Christmas album that the Jackson 5 released in October of 1970 is that it was at the tail end of a very successful year for them. It was the third album they had released that year. Wow. Wow. Three albums in one in year? Three albums in that one year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They had ABC that was released in May of that year. And then they had an album called Third Album that was released in that September and then at Christmas time. Well, October, I should say, the Christmas album came out. You got to understand that they were the hottest group probably in, in the nation. And they were, I mean, they, I think they were trying to push as much content they could from them, say the least. Wow. Three albums in one year. That's and they like- were on tour. Wow. Mm-hmm. They had a tour that ran from May to December. So, wow. Yeah. How they did it, I'll never know. That was some working babies. <laughs> oh, good. Wow. Talk about the House of Sing Sing. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Jackson was like, y'all gonna bring some money up in this house. And they did. They did. Yeah. What's next, Kim? All right. Well, next we have Eartha Kit with Santa Baby. Think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the fellas that I haven't kissed. Next year I could be just as good if you check off my Christmas list Santa baby I want a yacht and really that's not a lot then an angel all year Santa baby so hurry down the chimney tonight (laughs) 
She can be very persuasive, can't she? Yeah, I was. Yes, she I, can. I, 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 I was. I was trying, trying to find a chimney to come down, man. You know, I mean, um, <laughs> that was. And, uh, and before we go any further, I haven't done this today, but since we're playing Eartha Kit, I have to do it. Mod is naughty. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope she got draws on when she made this song. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> that was Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt, released in 1953. This song was written by Joan Javits and Phil Springer. Sold more than 626,000 copies. It peaked at number 35 on the Hot 100, number 14 on the best singles, and just a pillar in the Christmas community of songs. This is one of the, one of the all-time top great songs, Christmas songs of all time and it's probably Eartha Kitt's one and only hit. I can't think of anything else she's done other than this one. I think she's oh. done some songs in French that she was very popular for. Overseas. Where's My Man was a big hit for her too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was it bigger than this one? It was a disco song. So I mean it... Oh okay. Okay. Really? Um, I have to look that one up too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But needless to say, this was a great, great single by Eartha Kitt, to say the least. Well, again, it's a staple in the Christmas playlist community. What do you guys think about it? It's Eartha Kitt. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of I our favorites. It. Another song that has to play during the Christmas season, like Christmas Eve. Yeah, absolutely. This song, this, the lyrical content of the song was controversial at the time. I'm, I'm sure it was. And I'm sure so it was, was temporarily banned in the southern states of the United States. <laughs> Go figure. Another <laughs> one band. Mm-hmm. Wow, what is really going on today, to say the least? But <laughs> you know who the singer is, but if it was a different singer, oh, that would have been cute. Yes, exactly. Exactly. To say the least. We're toying with a whole nother subject, however. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> yeah. But so this is this is what happens when you do research about these songs. That's why I love this podcast because we can actually learn new things. Right, right. But this right. is such a funny song to me. I mean, I never took it seriously. It was just always like a, a grown up acting like a kid, you know, grown up gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what's next, Cam? A classic and Christmas R and B, Boys to Men, and Brian McKnight, "Let It Snow." That was Boys and Men with Let It Snow, featuring Brian McKnight, released in 1993 from this album, Christmas Interpretations. This song peaked at number 32 on the Hot 100, number 17 on the Hot R&B and Hip Hop charts. And it's one of those songs, if uh, Silent Night by The Temptations is a must-hear during Christmas time, this one has to be at least 2A or 2B or something, because it's just a really feel-good song. It really was a, ahead of its time when it first came out. 
And I have a confession to make about this song. It might have been last year, the year before last. I just realized that Brian McKnight was in the song. Brian McKnight? <laughs> you didn't know? Hey, man, they all sound the same to me. I mean, I mean. You never saw the video for I it? You know. Until probably a couple of years ago, man. I, I never seen the music video. No, I didn't. No. We got okay. Understand. I mean, listen to me. These, I'm being transparent here. Okay. On a musical podcast, I, I had probably like, and I saw them like, wait a minute, Brian McKnight was in the song? I thought it was all boys to men. I mean, Brian McKnight was something like Nathan or either to me. Wanya? One, yeah, Wanya. His name is Wanya. But I think Wanya. you know Wanya. Wanya. He said Wanya. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Wanya. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Forgive me. I charge it to my, you know. It slipped out. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So what happened? Wind your business. killing me inside. <laughs> mm, what you want you do? <laughs> But you know, this song, when it came out, I think it became an instant classic. Yes, it did. It, yes, it was it did. just like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. It fell into that category, and it was an immediate song that you had to hear this Christmas, yeah. like Bernie Hathaway. And since you brought it up, I'm sure listeners are like, how come we're not playing that song? Because the song has been played enough. There are other Christmas songs. That's the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's automatic. Famous, you know? yeah. That's giving. yeah, yeah. I mean, if there, if we had a top five songs that you automatically know are going to be played during Christmas time, you think Silent Night, this one, This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. Give me one more. And Mariah Carey. <laughs> and Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those four songs. That's automatic right there. So, you know. It is what it is. Be that as it may, we still there's still more good, good music that was made for Christmas time. And give us another one, Kim. This one is from Marvin Gaye. I want to come home for Christmas. All right. for Christmas was recorded by Marvin Gaye in 1972. The song was co-written by Gaye and Forrest Harrison and was released on a posthumous Marvin Gaye compilation titled The Marvin Gaye Collection because the song was supposed to be part of a Christmas-themed album by Gaye, Gaye I'm sorry, in late 1972, but the album was never released. They struggled to get the song released as a single for Vietnam troops that wanted to come home for Christmas. 
but it did not release it till 18 years later after its recording and six years after Gay's untimely death. And the song was reissued on the Marvin Gaye collection. Mm-hmm. It it's sounds a sad to song. Me, very sad song. It sounds to me that there was some political probably <laughs> input on the reason why it wasn't released during that time. Because it's it almost sounds like a plea, you know, for some I mean, that's just the vibe I got from it. Like really it's a really sad song. It sounds like a plea for a personal personal space for somebody to come home like the troops back in the day. So mm-hmm. I can understand why. Not, I can't understand why, but I, I I can see, you know, politics being involved in the reason why it wasn't released when it should have been released. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, the Vietnam War was a that was a heavy thing. So they probably wanted to steer people away from that focus at Christmas time. I right. can see that happening. Yeah, yeah. But definitely a, a great classic song to say the least. Big shout out to Marvin Gaye, may you continue the rest in peace as well. What's next, Kim? Next up is Mariah Carey and John Legend, When Christmas Comes. And we gon' get together and read your signs and pray. And we we gon' help the world become a better place. And we gon' sing and shout because the Savior Her house is like totally Christmassy. It's like her whole, like how many acres of land that she has is just a total winter wonderland when Christmas comes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. So when Christmas comes, it's a song written by Mariah Carey, Queen of Christmas, and James Horzer. And it was just for Mariah Carey's second Christmas album and 13th studio album, Merry Christmas to You number two, Roman Eagle 2, you know, second album. <laughs> and this was released in 2010. And in 2011, she re-released or re-recorded the song with John Legend, which we have featured. And don't you think it has some nice classic sound? Have you all heard the original version with just her? No. Yes, I have. But I think I like it better with John Legend. He has that Nat King Cole type of yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It added a lot more energy life to the song uh, mariah carey just has a voice that is incomparable it's just almost like she just bodies a song any song that she decides to do she just bodies it and becomes a song her voice just kind of captivates the moment that may be taking place you know at that point in time or uh, whatever's going on in life and um she just she really did a great job and i thought i like how they how the john legend add kind of like added an, an extra element to the song Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I really did. I like the fact that she kept the integrity of the original version intact as well. Absolutely. Kimmy, what you think? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Um, I mean, I am a Mariah Carey fan, so not like a crazy fan, but this and John Legend, anything with the two of them together is going to sound good. Yeah, absolutely. And what else is going to sound good, Kim? What's next? Next up is Johnny Gill. Give love on Christmas Day. Mm. Yes. Why don't you give love on Christmas Day? The man on the street, the couple upstairs, wants you to know there's someone who cares. Give love on Christmas Day. Give Love on Christmas Day was released in 1997 on Johnny Gill's album Favorite. However, um, Give Love on Christmas Day, it was originally recorded by who have we played at least twice already? The Jackson Five. (laughs) Yes, the Jackson Five. It was actually on that same album from those two previous songs. So who sounded better? Johnny Gill or the Jackson Five? I think Johnny Gill completely bodied that song. I'm sorry. I'm glad you asked him because I was going to say those runs at the end. Oh my goodness. Good Lord. That was was it. (laughs) He bodied that song. He's like Luther. He'll take over a song and it'll be his from now on. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I love the Jackson Five's version of it. to say the least, but like when I heard Johnny Gill's version, and like I said, those runs at the end, I'm like, oh hell no, there's no comparison, you know, to me. I mean, no comparison. Game over. Game, yeah. game over. over. Yeah, there's no comparison. Matter of fact, I, I'd put that um that song is one of those top ten songs that you must must hear uh come Christmas time. Uh top shelf. Yeah, I mean it really is. It's just it's not the good stuff. Top shelf with the good stuff. That's right. <laughs> yep, drink it straight, no chaser. Yeah, straight, no chaser. Yep. What's next, Kim? Let's have some sleigh ride by TLC.
Yes. A lot different from the original sleigh ride that we were used to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was TLC, uh, T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili with their version, their 1992 version of Sleigh Ride that was featured on the the LaFace Family Christmas album released in 1993. This song was also featured on the Home Alone 2 soundtrack. You know, TLC, you know, they were they were the hot ticket at the time. Just kind of like we talked about the Jackson 5. They were really pushing them to put out more material. And it just so happens that they actually got a chance to record a Christmas single. And it, it did very well. Played pretty much continuously throughout the holiday season. I love it. I enjoy it. I like Left Eye's rap on the song the most. What would you say, guys? It's a classic. Uh, hip-hop, it's up there with all other hip-hop Christmas songs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's another one you have to play. But mm-hmm. when I think about Slay Ride, I also think about Alexander's O'Neill Slay Ride also. Are you going to play it? Not no, I'm not because we played it last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we did. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a, this was, album was great too, the, the whole collection. But Slay Ride by TLC to me just reinvented the song. I don't have to hear this, the original version. I can just hear this, and it makes it relevant to today. Still, yes, it does. Absolutely, absolutely. Even though that was almost thirty years ago, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I know, right? Doesn't feel like it, does it? Does not no. feel like it. Does not at all, man. It seemed like we, we. A lot of times, I feel like I'm stuck in the nineties. I'm going to be, gonna be, be honest with you. I feel like a lot of times I'm stuck in the nineties. Mm-hmm. That the nineties never went anywhere. Um, it was just last year, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, we're all in our 40s and 50s, but we don't feel like it, do we? No, which is so bizarre to me because I would have thought by this time things would be like distant memories. But it's so It feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah. 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 And that's why I'm so thankful for this podcast to be able to kind of like share the same feeling that I have with you guys and a lot others who listen to us. So with that being said, what's next, Kim? Next up is Vanessa Williams. What child is this? What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? When angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch again. So jazzy, so jazzy. What child is this? Wow, what can I say about this? This was recorded for the compilation project, A Very Special Christmas 2. That's the AIDS awareness project that was released back in 1992. But the song itself (laughs) goes back a little further. It was written by William Chatterton Dix in 1865 and set to the tune of Green Sleeves, which is a traditional English folk song in 1871. And although it was written in Great Britain, this carol is very popular in the United States. 
actually more popular in the United States than in Britain. Yeah. Had, had you guys heard this version before? We have. I heard Marcus. Marcus. I, I, I haven't. I have not. Not this version. But uh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. Had you not mentioned it before already, uh, Byron? That uh, this this song had another went by another name of Green Sleeves, and um, I remember and being playing a band in high school. In band, yeah, yeah. That's 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 yep. what it was. Uh, that was that melody. It's definitely that melody. Yeah, it was called Green Sleeves, but under it having like an um, parenthesis. What child is this? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I love this song though, to say to say the least. Whoever sings it, I, I love it. To, to be honest, this is the only version that I care to hear. Honestly, I like this version. I like it. Yeah. What's next, Kim? Next up, since I talked about Alexander O'Neill earlier, here is some My Gift to You. Yes. Alexander O'Neill needs to get his flowers because he had some good music back in the day. But this was originally released in 1988 on Taboo Records. And the song and the album is the first and only Christmas album by Alexander O'Neill. Yeah. Anything Alexander O'Neill does, I mean, he, he can he can he embodies it. He, he makes it his as one of the most underrated voices in all of R&B. And this is no exception. I like this one. I love Slay Ride. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that one better, but uh, um, <laughs> we gonna keep my shit. Right? I'm not playing. You gonna <laughs> fake? We, uh, we, t- we discussed that last year. Yeah. How Slay Ride and fake were pretty much the same song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love it though, to say the least. Yeah, this one is not really a very well-known Christmas song, but uh, I like it. It's not widely known. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then. So next up, some Run DMC Christmas in Hollis. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. Rice and stuffing macaroni and cheese. And Santa put gifts under Christmas trees. Decorate the house with lights at night. Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright. In the fireplace is the Yule log. Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog. The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Gerald. Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols. Christmas carols. Absolutely. That was our Run DMC with Christmas and Hollis from their 1987 release, A Very Special Christmas. Reached number 78 on the hip hop and R&B charts. Samples Backdoor Center by Clarence Carter. And it's just a, a staple in hip hop history. Probably one of the first Christmas hip hop songs that was ever released. It was, it was one of its kind. And it's also definitely a staple 
in the Christmas playlist community, like I've said before, you know, I, I totally love this song. Say, guys, classic it's Christmas and Hollis, mm-hmm. classic. I think would this be considered one of the first Christmas hip hop songs, or would it I be think um, Christmas rapping? Curtis, 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 Curtis Blow was okay. yeah, yeah, he was the first, okay, okay, yeah. But this one kind of like comes it, directly after it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I love this song, guys. It's Christmas and Hollis. It talks about, I love the part she talks about making dressing and macaroni and cheese and drinking <laughs> egg, greens. Green. Mm-hmm. Egg, eggnog. You know, I love that part. I love the whole story. You could just picture everything as he's rapping. Yes, That's you what, can. That was the beauty of hip hop, you know. Back the then, you could yeah. picture the story. They had a story to go on. Absolutely. What's next, Kim? Next up is Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. <laughs> classic top of the list classic i mean drink every time you hear the word classic because we're going to be <laughs> saying that word often with every, um, just about every song that's been featured here but this is a bona fide classic recorded by puerto rican songwriter singer songwriter jose feliciano in 1970 just a simple heartfelt lyric traditional spanish christmas greeting feliz navidad written by Feliciano because he was homesick, missing his family at Christmas. At that time, he was living in, I believe he was in L.A. or on the West, on the west side, but, you know, he was missing his family over on the east side, over in New York. But instant classic when it was released, and we still play it today. What do you all think of it? Like you said, it's a classic. I used to hear this all the time, especially in Newark. My Puerto Rican people's just play this all the time, and I had to learn the words. So, yes, definitely. Were these your, was this your first time ever speaking Spanish through that song, or was it another song? No, we, I think by the time I learned the words to the song, I was already in Spanish class. It was pretty decent with it. So, yeah. I never knew it was, they were saying Feliz Navidad until I got grown. I was just, uh, what did you think they were saying? I don't know. Feliz Navidad. I don't know. <laughs> You all remember as kids, I, I don't know if you all did this. I know me and my brother did this. We would not understand or know exactly what was being said. We would just sing what we were hearing. Exactly. Just as what Marcus just did. Yeah. So pretty much happy nativity or Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. And prosperos años felicidad and a happy new year. All right, Kimmy. All right. All right. That she wrote the song on the R's part. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote R's. 
My Spanish teachers taught me well. Thank you. <laughs> Just so you know that this song reached number six on the Billboard Hot 100, number three on the U.S. holiday charts, and number six in the overall Rolling Stone Top 100 for Christmas songs. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. What's next? Well, I think that's all we have for now. But oh, I want right to wish everyone... I know that went by quick, didn't it? Oh, man. But I want to wish everyone the merriest of Christmas and the happiest new year. Every year is going to be your year, but especially 2023. Absolutely. And on behalf of me and my family, we want to wish you also wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bring you good tidings of joy. So much going on in the world. We need to take this time out during this year to spread love, good vibes, positive energy. Positive energy. Positive energy. Wish you the best and nothing but the best of happiest of holidays from us, Byron. And I would like to extend my wishes to everyone to be in a moment. Just pause and just reflect on where you are, where you've been. But in the moment, you, you have everything you need. And just be joyful and just celebrate everything that's around you. Christmas brings out that spirit in every one of us. Even those who may not celebrate Christmas, I think it brings out a different version of themselves so just be in the moment and be joyful absolutely and as we sign out i'm going to play another vince garaldi from the soundtrack from the peanut special christmas is coming and again have a prosperous new year and a very merry christmas everyone merry, merry christmas everybody this episode we rocking out y'all